Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. It's Friday day. I don't see Saturday, from- Sunday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever day you're listening, we're recording this on Friday. I thought I'd steal from Vanessa and open with a song because we've got a lot to talk about. Let's uh, just snowshoot our way over to Winter House in lovely Vermont. And let's talk about um, how unexpected it is that the band Fish is at the center of drama with Bravo right now. Austin claims that when he told Lindsay that he wanted to date her, this year and the year of 2021, he told her that on New Year's of 2021, that he was at a four-day fish concert like he's at every year. Only Austin, we were in the middle of a pandemic and um, fish did not do their four-day concert in Madison Square Garden. They had a virtual show um, and we have on good authority to believe he was actually in Charleston in Shep's living room with his girlfriend, Taylor. So he was not out of his mind on drugs at a fish concert. I mean, he might have been out of his mind on drugs, but I don't he wasn't at, <laughs> he wasn't at a fish concert. And our um, boots on the ground investigative reporter Lucy, Lucy on the ground, also learned through one of her followers the picture that was shown was from 2013. Granted, producers were probably just looking for something to show, but it's just very comical that he he's like kind of going with this narrative. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that he didn't think Bravo people would find out. I mean, we freaking found out that Shane didn't pass the bar before the rest of the world knew. Like, Bravo fans are like, I mean, Andy jokes. It's like, it's a a world of like investigators out there. Like, we find this shit. So he didn't think like casually saying he was going to be at a four-day fish concert. The people weren't going to find out. I also love, I'm not a fish fan. Are you? I'm not, it's not that I don't, I just, I don't listen to my cup of tea. I'm a pop music person. But I love like the, I've learned a lot about fish in this time. And I do love like the fact that they have like a cult following. And a lot of people have chimed in like that their husbands are huge fish fans and that they were watching Winter House and their husbands were like, they didn't have a concert this year. Like a lot of people are diehard fish fans and they caught on on this really quickly. So Austin's an idiot, which only continues as this kind of, he, the gaslighting, I guess is a better word for it. The way he's gaslighting Lindsay is pissing me off so much. Nothing infuriates me more than when guys call girls crazy because I think there's this whole like girls are crazy and all this, you know, like this stereotype out there when you lead them on. It's like when you tell a girl that, you know, you're going to date her that year and you've already hooked up with her and you FaceTime her all the time. And this is a couple months before you're about to go on a vacation together. What do you think she's going to expect where you're in this romantic, like, you know, snowy winter wonderland together? She couldn't make it on the first day because she had work to do, which he says is a, a sexy quality. He likes career ambition. So she's out there working and he just makes makes out with Sierra night one. She comes back. And I think he kind of thought he could have it both ways. And when he realized he couldn't, he's like, well, now I'm going to tell everybody Lindsay's crazy. It just, it infuriates me. It's 
Honestly, too, like given their past and that they seem to be, you know, good friends before they blurred the lines, it's just also just a shitty dig. It's just like, I hate that as well. I'm like, just own your shit. Don't use the excuse that you're at the virtual fish show in Charleston. Like you still said what you said. Like you can't, I feel like truth serum comes out when you're inebriated, whatever that may be by, but I feel like your ulterior motives, your truths, your real thoughts do kind of come out to an extent. Like, I just, I just want him to own it, baby. Just own it. You said it. Drunk words are, it. are sober thoughts. I've, yeah. people say that a lot and I agree. Yeah. You said it. You could painfully tell her that you regret it, but I just, yeah, don't say that she's crazy. And then you know, I, I'll give Sierra credit. I we've been having a fierce debate off um, off the offline about um, Sierra, and I do like her, and I do give her credit that she at least asked Austin, "Hey, do I need to take a step back here while you guys figure out your stuff?" And he quickly said no. So I, don't I know. do. I think I also have to remind myself she is twenty five. Cause like, I'm like, girl, do you not see all these red flags and like, you know, his history and Andy brought it forward, you know, brought it up to her and watch what happens live. And she was like, no, I am aware of that. Like I, and she also pointed out that she's like, I think people need to remember that I'm learning things as these episodes air that there, she didn't know everything. Like Craig had told her they had hooked up, but I don't think she knew the extent to which how he was kind of being flirty with her. And even when you saw it, when like it was Austin and Lindsay and Kyle having a conversation in the previous episode, he was definitely like being playful and flirty. And those were things that she didn't get to see. So I do give her a little bit of credit. I think what really is kind of bothering me with the way Sierra is handling all of this is she's trying to, I think, play it really cool, but it's coming across as like really like mean towards Lindsay. Like, I don't, I get yeah. after watching the watch what happens live while Lindsay's like, I got to take a break from being friends with Austin. This isn't a healthy relationship in my life. I applaud her for that. I think Sierra being like, what did he do wrong? What I don't understand the issue and kind of playing into that. Like, you know, Lindsay's the dramatic one. And why, why is she overreacting? I, that kind of is where I'm having an issue with, with Sierra with some of this. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think in all of this, I hate when two women, two strong women are pitted, like pitting themselves against each other. And really Austin's the problem. Like I want them to like go. And why are we fighting over Austin Kroll? Like what? Yeah. I get he's tall. He's six, five. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, is that. I guess, I mean, like, I do like a guy that is taller, maybe because you and I ourselves are not like super tall, but like, I don't know if somebody being six, five is enough for me to just like swoon. That's never been, um, a quality that I've looked for or guys that I've been attracted to that hasn't been like on the top of my list. Clearly it's on the top of others, but it's very confusing. I'm curious to see how this is going to continue to unravel. The beauty of reality TV, guys, is that, like we said, a lot of these things and these like secondary fights happen because people see what these people are saying in the confessionals and behind their backs. So, I mean, I feel like this is going to be a juicy reunion when we get to it because it's all going to be out there. I can't wait. And to keep on the theme with two girls fighting over one guy. Now we've got Jules and Gabby over the whole Luke thing. Here is my just kind of like high level take on this without diving too deep. I think Julia is just a very outgoing, friendly person. I think when she's drunk, she probably likes being like innocently flirty. 
I probably am defending her a little bit because I too have been told like in my younger single days, like you're kind of flirting with that guy. And I more think of it as like, I'm just being really talkative and like banter and like that kind of stuff. So I like, I get how sometimes that line's blurred where I feel bad for Gabby though. I honestly think Gabby is just so introverted and everyone in this house is so extroverted that it's just too much for her. I'm, I'm a little surprised that she ended up being casted and went through with this only just because I think she prefers solitude and her alone time. And I don't know if this house and this environment is what's best for her. And so it just, it kind of like breaks my heart that now like these two friends are fighting and old stuff is getting brought up about how, you know, Julia's ruined other relationships for her. I'm like, Oh, like, can we have some, a different storyline between besides two girls fighting over one guy? Like it's just like this continuation. It's weird. So I will say, like, I kind of get, I feel like with Gabby, she has felt these things that Jules, you know, is flirty. Like, I think if you've been in relationships, I think all of us, and there's nothing wrong in this. I think we all enjoy a little flirtation because you want to feel like you still got it. Like, again, I like it's a confidence booster. But I do can see with Gabby, I mean, clearly there's some hurt wounds there. And she's like, what the F? Like, you say you're going to help me out. And next thing I see is like, you're grinding against this guy and, you know, putting your underwear or someone's underwear in them in his pants. So I, I get where she could see it cross the line a little bit. But ultimately, that's something she needs to talk with. Jules and I don't even think in the conversation they had that she was as candid as she should have been as candid as she was in the confessionals. I I completely agree. Um, it's a really good, yeah, it, it's a great way of looking at it. And I think there's a lot of communication issues all around, including with Kyle and Amanda. I love that Kyle gets so drunk that he can't find Amanda and he's just sitting in his bedroom crying and she, when he, she walks in, it was kind of like, she was just like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? You are a drunk mess right now. But I was laughing so hard when he, he's like, where were you? And she's like, I was in the bathroom. He's like the poop bathroom, which makes me laugh only because, you know, they're kind of like, whenever you are in like a group situation, there is always one bathroom that's like tucked away. That's like, and someone's like, I'm going to, I'll be right back. I'm going to the downstairs bathroom. You're like, oh, okay, we're going to leave that person alone for a little bit. Don't go in there for an hour or so. Um, but Kyle cook, like I just, his peak drunkness is to me is just so entertaining. Like, I just love, he's wearing a cat hoodie and he's crying over his fiance that he can't find who actually at the time was taking shots, fireball shots with her friends in the kitchen. It was just very college to me. It was so college and truthfully, oh, hello alarm. Excuse that little (laughs) extra backdrop, but I thought it was very, it's kind of endearing of Kyle. I I think too, he's been so stressed out and consumed with work that he, when he got drunk, he got full blown like tears mode. It was pretty entertaining. It, yeah. I, it like brought me back to like a lot of drunken moments in college where like you get split up with somebody from a tailgate and your phones aren't working and you're like, Oh my God, I can't find my friend. And I told her we'd stay together all day. And then you end up at a bar and you see each other and it's like, oh my God, I've been looking for you all day. And it's just so dramatic. Um, That's just, it brought me back to basically 22 year old girls crying over getting lost at a tailgate. I also though about died. And even my husband, who was watching it with me was like, what is that vibrating sound? 
Kyle was helping her brush her teeth and while Amanda was laying in bed and brought her electric toothbrush in there, I thought, and I think they did this on purpose. I totally thought it was a vibrator. And I was like, uh, should we be watching this right now? I didn't, but I love that your mind went there. <laughs> well, it was kind of weird. They're laying in bed and they're like cuddled and you hear like, a, I was like, and then you see him move his arm. I was like, oh my God, a little odd. I don't know if I'd want somebody to help me brush my teeth while in bed. I mean, that's fair, but yeah, that's totally fair. I think I would have just not brushed my teeth. Yeah, if I were, same. If I were I'm that drunk, like I wouldn't be thinking about that. I would have just been done with it. But I I love that you thought that. Well, and then he's like, did you swallow it? And she goes, no. And I was like, well, then, ew. She like spit it out on her, like just the whole logistics of it. I think in theory, he thought he was doing a good thing. But I was like, this is a kind of odd way to help a drunk person by having them brush their teeth in bed. I'm also getting a little creeped out by the double makeout sessions. Like, do we always have to be making out in the same hot tub and on the same bed together? It's not for me. I would have to be a certain level of intoxication to be okay with that. And also probably 10 years younger. Um, but no, not from, you know what though? Like if you think about it, Abby, when we would shack in college and those fraternity rooms, you know, you know, Oh yeah. I mean, a little curtain, I mean, everybody had shacker sheets like the they would just draw the curtain. But I also feel like that was because there were like eight rooms in a fraternity for 30 guys. They're in a house where like almost everyone has their own. That's, room. Like, that is a very good point. Abby. <laughs> there is there is like I feel like we all did that in college because it was the only option. Like nobody had their own quarters to go to. Um, but on like when you're in your 30s and uh, you have your own room, I just think it's kind of weird to continue to do the double makeout. No, I mean, you bring up a very fair point that, I mean, we should try it next time we do a couple yeah. together. <laughs> we should next time we take a couple's trip. Uh, yeah, no, but summer or winter house, excuse me, <laughs> was super great. I thoroughly enjoy it. It's a nice distraction from life. I just love seeing young drunk people. Um, Amen. Sarah and Paige on watch what happens live. It was entertaining. Like we said, we could do without so many digs towards Lindsay, but, um, you know, they're young. They're like, we said like 10 years younger. I don't know how old Paige is. I know Sierra's Paige 25. is a little bit older. Yeah. Sierra's 25. We're 36. Lindsay Hubbard is 35. Kyle Cook is 39. Austin's 33. So, I mean, I don't think that the Austin Sierra age difference is that big of a deal. Like I know it got brought up on the episode that they're eight years apart. First of all, Austin's maturity level is of a 17 year old. So you could almost argue it's inappropriate for Sierra to date him on that respect. But I don't think like their age difference is that big of a deal. It is just funny for me to think about a 25 year old parting with a 39 year old simply just because of like, ability to recover. Um, you know, it makes sense why Kyle's always the drunkest. Like, I think you can try to hang with the young kids. I've done it when I go back to Mizzou and, um, I, I, you, you fail miserably. Like they just have a higher tolerance, um, when you're younger. Paige is 28. Okay. So Paige is 28. Amanda is 30. Yes. Luke is 37 Hmm. and Austin's 34 and Craig is 32. Okay. I don't know how Gabby or Jules are. I guess Jules. I think they're 28. like maybe. I bet Gabby. I feel like to me, Gabby like just maybe it's the way she acts. She screams like early twenties to me. I don't know why. Really, she seems to me like twenty eight. 
she doesn't look it. Her skin is beautiful. Um, yeah. I think she's gorgeous. Too. First of all, all these people are gorgeous. So I, I really, I mean, all of them are very easy to look at. Um, all right, let's switch over to Beverly Hills. The final part four. I mean, let's, we're going to talk 90% Erica because of this re this first of all, the whole reunion was 90% Erica, but this part in particular, I think other than Dorit finishing a few sentences, I really only heard about three people talk and it was Erica, Garcelle and Sutton. Everybody else just kind of sat there. Um, so I just think it's really funny. So Erica kind of starts by saying that, you know, anybody could have come to her and asked her questions that she's an open book. And that if, you know, anyone that knows her come talk to her, but I mean, she, even at the reunion was biting anyone's head off who even just asked a clarifying question. So it just, is really funny to me just how she's just like how hypocrite, not hypocritical, contradictory she is. Like she just is like a walking contradiction. But what really stood out to me was when Andy said, what did you ask? Like, what have you asked Tom? And she said, I asked him and she kind of stumbled and then was how she left him with all these lawsuits pointed at her. And I get that I would want to know that too. My very first question, um, um, like the first time I find this out, which we're all going to you know, agree to disagree on when we think Erica learned this. But I think my first question would be, how could you do this to innocent people that are orphans and widows? That would be my one of my very first questions. Like, how could you do this to another human being? I don't know if I would ask how I'm like, why am I the one that's getting all this pointed at me? I would, I really do think I, my first question would be like, I married you. I thought I knew you and you're a monster. Like, I just don't get how you could do that to innocent people. I don't understand it either. I do feel like you can feel multiple things at the same time. I think Erica has been horrible at projecting that to us. I do think she could feel that. I do think she could feel sadness for Tom deteriorating. She can feel anger. She can kind of go through all the waves and feel all these things. I did have like the same reaction. I would definitely be like, how could you do this? You're such a monster. But now that he has deteriorated so much, I'm not defending her by any means, but I'm just trying to logically process and put myself in her shoes. I could see how she feels like, well, now I'm really stuck with it all um, because you are being, you know, labeled as incompetent and can't really answer for anything. So I'm left answering for that. But with that all being said, I think she could have, I would have wanted to see more anger and her, you know, snapping at Crystal for asking that was unnecessary. She was very all over the place emotionally. And I did find it interesting that none of the women would even back up. I would say Sutton, like Sutton, like you don't have to like what Sutton did. You don't have to like what she said, but at least she did say it to Erica's face. And I would even argue that Garcelle has said things to her face. And I didn't like that the women didn't back them up. I felt like when they had the opportunity to say something, they said, they talked about how Sutton did say those things. Like Sutton and Erica got in a fight. And then there was like a moment where like, you know, Erica's like, can somebody back me up, please? And all the women jumped to back her up. And it just, it's like, I don't know. I get like, she is scary and intimidating. And that to me is like what she wants to do. She wants to intimidate people to silence. So they don't ask her questions. So she doesn't have to tell these stories that she's continually making up and having to remember. It just kind of bothered me how none of these women really did anything to try to stand up for themselves or for Sutton. And I I actually applaud Garcelle, who was the first person to say, I wish I would have said something at that dinner. 
that I would have tried to defuse the situation. It's something that that bothers me um, because I actually, I, I get why Garcelle stayed silent, but I, I think it shows that maybe she's the only one who's really a friend to Sutton and isn't, is a, is willing to kind of stand in that corner with her. And it, it was just odd to me how quiet everyone remained. Um, and it was Eric, very weird. Yeah. And I mean, I wish Andy would have called it out as well. I mean, I do feel that Andy did a great job grilling Erica. I think he asked every outstanding question that I had. I do. I mean, we, he's going to get criticized no matter what. <laughs> I don't know that we're going to, well, he can't win, but she perfect. snapped he's at him too. Win. I think that's yeah. the one thing like nobody was, everybody was a target of Erica during that reunion. So I think he quickly realized like I could push at her, but she's just going to yell at me and not make any sense. And we're not going to get any answers. I do wish she would have asked the other woman, like, are you all not going to say anything? Like provoke them a little bit to kind of get their thoughts or been like, Hey, what do you think about this? I do think it was really shitty that Erica called um, Sutton to see you next Tuesday and like went off on her and like no one. And I wouldn't even blame Garcelle for this. And I could be misremembering something, but I felt like no one was like, Hey, this is what we're talking about. Erica. <laughs> well, like she, everyone just dropped their jaws. And I, like, I do think, honestly, I think it should have been Kyle. I love Kyle, but I was very disappointed in her in this reunion. And I think she should have said, Erica, this is what we're talking about. You, you can't have a conversation with you because you flip to anger and it comes out towards us so quickly. And this is what Crystal meant. Take that anger and direct it towards Tom. Don't direct it at the people who are trying to figure out what the hell you're telling us so we know how we can support you. I think the thing too, like for some of these women, I feel bad for them because I feel like it'd be impossible to be Erica's friend right now. Her stories are outrageous. It's like, you're not really seeing the sympathy. She is trying to play victim. And if you tell her these things out of like, hey, I think you are innocent and I want to be there for you, but here's how it's being perceived. She gets so mad and so angry. It's like, nobody can help her. God bless her lawyers and PR team. They have the worst job in the world right now. Oh my God. Yeah. She's definitely all over the map. And I do feel like her reactions in this reunion have felt more authentic. I'm not saying I agree with them, <laughs> but I think, you know, considering she was all over the place. I did also find it interesting. She answered all these questions, but not the snow in Pasadena. It didn't make sense to me. Like, give me a reason. The only reason I could think of is that she wants to protect her sons. Like, remember when a picture of her son came out years and years ago and she got really angry about it because she's like, my son is not part of the show. He's never wanted to be a part of filming. Like, he wants to remain a private individual, especially as, you know, a member of law enforcement. But I think she could have said, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk about where it was snowing because I don't want to give any clues as to where he lives. And I want him like, I need to respect his privacy. Like she could have said something, but it made me be like, she's like, we're not talking about that simply because it probably didn't happen. Like that's where we all went. It is crazy. And I do feel like, and we, I keep saying this because ultimately I do want to root for Erica in the sense that she's been wronged by a spouse the power dynamics. I think there were so many different ways she could have spun this in a way to gather, to garner more sympathy from us viewers. But she's, I feel like this is like a PR lesson on what not to do. <laughs> Honestly, I could see someone being like, okay, Erica Jane, don't do any of that. But when she said towards the end, I know how crazy this sounds. I know this story is wild. I, I think she should have been leading with that. Yeah. Like, and I can, we can't change it. Obviously I think how she's handled this has been horrible, 
how I don't know how I would handle it, but I think I would definitely have more empathy, sympathy for the victims and have a lot more anger than she has had. But I just, it's like, damn, you had, you have us in your hands, Erica. (laughs) Well, and there's like people like, I mean, even Paige was like, on watch what happens live. Like I still, like I'm, I've been her fan from the beginning. I'm going to stick by her. It's hard, but I like, I want to stick by her. I think there's a lot of people who feel that way. She's just making it really, really challenging to be her friend. I think. Um, yeah. I mean, she's just, she's or to be her fan. And, yeah. Well, she's also just picking and choosing what she wants to say, <laughs> what she wants to share. Like there's no, it's all on. She's not being very fair. Yeah. Like, she's not. And how she reacts and fairness on how she, um, what she shares and fairness and how people question her. Like she's not being very fair at all. Um, well, she's lacking a lot of self-awareness. One thing I struggled with too, is she said that all of her paychecks she got from Bravo, she never got to see them. She didn't have access to, she never knew how much money she had. She couldn't even find the accounts that she wanted to. It was all kept away from her. Then how was she, how did she know so specifically that 25 million, 20 million was not given to her and in fact, it was 14 million over 12 years. Like that was like, I mean, maybe he told her that I'm going to, I'm going to give you $14 million over 12 years, which wouldn't you be like, well, why, you know, what's going like, do I need to be doing something? Do you want me to be investing? Are you trying to build EJ global and has EJ global even been around for 12 years? Like there were just so many things where I was like, this doesn't like, again, she's not making sense to me. So either you don't know your finances, like you you don't have access to your finances, you know, you're rich and you don't need to worry about money. And that's the extent of it. Like how did she find out that it was not 20 million and how did she know what was being given to her if she didn't have access to this stuff? I think had she said like exactly what you brought up, Abby, had she said like, listen, guys, I had a fabulous life and I like nice things. So I didn't question it. I would be like, thank you for at least admitting that. Like, but I'm sure optics wise with her lawyers and all the existing lawsuits that would feed into other things. But I mean, I would kind of have a little bit more respect for her. Has she just admitted that? I agree. I think she just, I think she's struggling with like trying to control the story and how she's being perceived and also blending in pieces of the truth. And we're all just, I feel like no, no one's buying it. Even the waterproof mascara thing. It's really odd to me that you wear waterproof mascara every single time. And then this, this one time your glam decided not to put it on you. Like, I don't know if it was done intentionally, but I don't like, even that story doesn't make sense to me. How is that the one time you don't wear waterproof mascara? It's so, I mean, why? Who chooses to wear waterproof mascara? I hate waterproof mascara. We're going to do a survey on our stories. We're going to do a poll and ask how many of you use waterproof mascara as your everyday mascara. Even when I go to the pool or the beach, I just don't wear mascara. That's the same. I I don't like waterproof mascara. Isn't it a bitch to get off because it is waterproof? <laughs> it Well, it is a bitch to get off. Also, it like irritates my eyes. I don't know if there's like something in it. Like I don't have issues with really any other mascara other than I can't do any more cheap drugstore. Like I like rub it off, but I hate waterproof mascara. So maybe that's just us. We can't figure it out. But um, this is the end of Beverly Hills. I did love Kathy's like, you know, the Kathy, what were on your notes? And she's like, well, that was the last thing I needed to say. And she felt like she needed to apologize to Garcelle because she had been exposed to COVID. So she had to stay this, you know, this is 
like pre-vaccine time every, like while this was filming and she couldn't go to the party and she thought it was communicated to Garcelle and it wasn't. And she felt terrible. I think it was just so funny because even Garcelle was like, we just watched people call it, bitch. we just watched someone call another person a bitchy fucking cunt. And you feel bad that you missed my dinner party months ago. Like it just, to me, that's so Kathy. I thought it was so sweet. And like, I just love that she felt like she really needed to clear the air on that reunion. Well, about- and then she thought she was going to be questioned about it. I know. I'm sure. <laughs> like, I could feel like Kathy preparing, like, oh, Andy's going to definitely know that. I, <laughs> I like, got to address this one. Yeah, th- this is the somebody I think it was Queens of Bravo made a meme that was like, because this was the feud of all feuds for the season. It just it made me laugh. I love Kathy. And they're already filming. We um, we've been filming for a while. So I don't think we are going to have to wait too, too long for another Beverly Hills. I bet we have it by, I would say next spring. I bet we're looking at like maybe as early as April. I was going to guess the same thing of spring. Um, yeah. Cause they typically so. don't, they film for usually like four months. Yeah. So with four months break, or so. And typically like we would fine. see Beverly Hills in like May or June, they will probably push it up a bit because Roni has yet to even cast or film we know OC is coming next and then New Jersey will be February of 2022. So um, I could see uh, that we will be having Beverly Hills probably April-ish. I feel like it's going to take the spot of where Roni would typically be slotted. Yeah. And we will discuss all the Roni drama that's happening on our Patreon, um, which is where for those who are new listeners, welcome. Um, anything that for that's happening off camera or for shows that are not airing and there's drama and tea, we will put it all on our Patreon and you can um, listen to us at patreon.com slash real moms of Bravo. Uh, okay. Let's talk about pump real quick. Not much to say. I'm hating the season. I will say I hate how Lala is beating a dead horse with this Brock thing. I, I get that domestic, I'm not excusing domestic violence. I'm not excusing not seeing your kids for years, but I do feel like, We've had this, it's been talked about for several episodes. He isn't really hiding anything. Like, I think she's trying to expose him. And he's like, he's been open with Sheena, allegedly about it. He was open to Lala and Randall about it. He then addressed it with Lisa. Like, I mean, what, what is left for this guy to do? He's apologized and told the story to everybody in the group. I just don't, I don't get why Lala is continuing with this narrative. I feel a little, um, listen, and like you said, a thousand percent and don't excuse any domestic violence. It's a very serious thing. And it's something that impacts so many women, um, which is alarming, honestly. But as someone who seems to have rehabilitated himself and taking full accountability and not hiding the story, I do feel like he already has to live with the guilt that he's done why not give him the opportunity to prove you wrong? I also, he was on Watch What Happens Live with Sheena, which we'll discuss more on our Patreon. But he also said a lot of this in terms of why he's unable to see his children has to do with child support. He owes them child support. Um, and he's also trying to be respectful of the life that they have and the, their stepfather as well. So I think it's an issue that feels, it's always so easy to be like, well, what the fuck, man? Like, why wouldn't you just fly in and like see your kids? I just think it's so much more complicated and obviously a very delicate subject matter. So I do give him credit for not hiding behind anything or not sugarcoating anything. He is very much an open book in my opinion. 
And how you want to react to that, I think, is up to each individual, but at least give him the opportunity to prove you wrong if you think he is a bad guy or you want him to be a good guy. I think I might have said that backwards. Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm not in this, like, stance of, like, nobody can ever change and work on themselves to better themselves Um, because, like, I mean... I think they're like everyone's to the like. I think everyone is sick of cancel culture. We get like any time like someone's like asking for someone to be fired. Everyone's like, oh my god, like I'm so sick of wanting to fire people for one little mistake. And so I mean, like I, I'm sure that there's a lot more to it as far as like the work he's put in. I know that he and Sheena go to go to therapy together. Sheena's gone to a lot of therapy herself. Like I, you know, like it's not really if he doesn't want to share that part with us, maybe then that's like his, I think his right as he's working on those things personally. Um, so I don't, I just feel like it's, I also just think coming from Lala who, I mean, remember when she wouldn't tell everybody Randall's name cause he was still married. Like, I just think like, you know, if somebody brought that up and Tom Sandoval kind of did and she lost it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's like, you can't just, she's in a glass house throwing a lot of stones. I guess I would say that sums up pump. Let's All go right. to Salt Lake. Oh man. All right, you guys might remember the video where Jen Shaw just went ape shit on an employee. It was filmed and it went everywhere. And now it's being brought up on the show. I kind of actually had forgotten about this because so much has happened with Jen Shaw. Um, but I mean, I forgot that basically somebody was supposed to make her a dress. There's a lot of like who knows what really happened, but that, you know, they were late on the timing of it. And I, I honestly don't think you, no matter what someone did, as long as it didn't cause physical harm to you, I don't know how much money she put in for this dress. I'm assuming like, even if it was late, she either got it or would have gotten like a refund on it. Like, I just don't think there's ever a reason to talk to somebody the way she talked to that employee. It just like, regardless of what happened. So like, bingo, bingo, Abby, she is so fed up on someone betraying her trust Instead, like Mary said, Jen, what is her? Jen just got busted. It's like just own the fact that you were you shouldn't have spoken out. You lashed out on someone, and you were learning from it. I think like PR one hundred and one. These people just if you just admit what you did, especially if you're caught red-handed and there's footage, admit there's fault, and then you're learning on yourself. That's all you gotta say. But instead of doubling down on it, saying you've been betrayed, like it's just very interesting. I also, before we move on on this topic, I looked up the timeline of it and it looked like it was um, the beginning of March. And then the arrest happened the end of March. So this is just the beginning of the fall of Jen Shaw. Um, yeah, I, I also think it's like funny because, you know, she got so mad about it when Lisa brought it up. I do think Lisa is stirring the pot. I don't think she brought it up out of like innocence and wanting to know necessarily how Mary or how Jen is. But I kind of appreciate that. I think you need like everybody needs a little Kyle Richards in a franchise who's not afraid to kind of ask some of these questions and then back away. But Jen got so angry and so upset about it, it only proves the point. She has a short fuse and really doesn't know how to have constructive like conversation with people. But I love that after that happens, then she gets upset that she wasn't invited to the party. I don't, I don't blame Lisa. I'd be like, look, you just lost your shit. I'm afraid if somebody asks you how you're doing, brings it up, you're going to take away from this event that is really, you know, important to my boys. So um, I will say though too, 
I think it's great that the, what they're doing for foster care, I love that that's what, you know, the kids wanted to do because um, their father, you know, was in foster care. I'm a little over the hardcore pushing of all Lisa Barlow products. I think she finds a way to bring it up in every single episode. And if this becomes her only storyline, I think like people are going to lose interest. We don't want to only hear about fast food and the products she's pushing. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, as if she's a businesswoman and it is her world. So on one hand, I respect that, but it's like, I feel like so many of the house, these housewives look at the Bethany playbook. It's like they have a chapter and a binder. And I, I, this is what I think when they join the show that I make this up and they're like, huh, she's a very successful businesswoman and she showed her product. You got to be subtle. Bethany had it in the background. There was product placement everywhere, but it wasn't her entire narrative or her entire conversation. We got to know Bethany, the person, whether you loved her or not, you got to see all of that. And with Lisa, like you said, I think you bring up a valid point, but these are newbies. They'll learn. I do feel like Lisa is such a shit disturber and is, I really kind of believe she's behind a lot of things. I think her not inviting Jen, yes, she reacted and blew up at her, but then to invite Whitney is fucked up. Like if you're Jen's friend and you're like, I've been loyal to you and like standing up to you. Um, so she is a, definitely a pot disturber. I like to call her CEO pot disturber because I picture her, you know, you, when you're in business meetings and people are being like passive aggressive in business terms, I feel like that's Lisa as a house. Yeah. I mean, the whole Cameron Williams at the party that was so orchestrated and staged. And I feel like Salt Lake is like getting into this dangerous category of like just overly produced interactions and, you know, like Meredith, like casually talking to him and was like, oh, you know, I know Mary. And, you know, what was it like being part of her church? And he's like, leaving that church was the best thing I've ever done for my life. Like, I, I'm not taking away from his trauma at all, but like, I don't think like an average person would just like jump out and like talk about how terrible it is from the start with somebody they don't know that well. Or I think Lisa would have at least warned Meredith, like he used to be part of Mary's church. It's actually been it's, you know, a really heartbreaking story of what's happened to him. Um, you know, like there would have been like, not just like, oh, hey, he knows Mary and leave it at that and then walk away. And now we hear his life story. I will say, so I looked into Cameron and they're, this is like really like weird. They're, he's a, first of all, I will say Cameron Williams was a phenomenal person and did so much for the community, community like a very, very tragic loss. But I am shocked they decided they are keeping his cause of death private. So it has not been released why he died. I also found that interesting. Whitney was on Watch What Happens Live, and she said there's going to be more to her conversations with Cameron. And I do feel, I kind of wish they would have acknowledged that he passed and like yeah. kind of give him a nod. You know, since filming, Cameron has passed. We wish the best for his family, like something little like that. I just think it's kind of weird that it hasn't been acknowledged in post-show interviews, at least the ones that I've seen. So, and Lisa did post on her Instagram a picture with him um, and how much she loved him and like, uh, you know, a memorial to him. Um, but yeah, it is weird that like no one's really talking about it. Um, and I'm also, I mean, I'm, I'm very curious to hear about his story and his interactions with Mary, just because we've heard from a lot of people that they are a cult. We got a little bit of a glimpse of it too, because what she, you know, she said her mom started in another church. 
We had a lot of people tell us about that. There are Reddit strings about people who were part of the church before it broke and kind of gave some insight into what happened. You have to take everything with a grain of salt, but it is just kind of mind-blowing to me. The main reason that it seems like that it drove the family apart was over the wealth that you get when you own the church. And that just, it's like like as somebody who grew up like religious, it is weird to me people that become multimillionaires by starting these like churches. Like it just, it it doesn't feel right. Shouldn't you be giving that back to the community more? Like, I don't know if the the head of a church should be as rich as Mary is. Oh no. It's, it's honestly, it's all like very dark and fucked up and just very twisted, very twisted. But should we go jump Hop on yeah. over to Potomac. Let's do Potomac. Um, Finale. I want to find, I don't want to say I want to find somebody. I have a great husband. I think everybody out there should find someone who's, if you're single, you need to find somebody that looks at you the way Michael Darby looks at Juan. I mean, it is <laughs> creepy how in love he is with him. He just lights up. I mean, nothing can diffuse a, swish, a situation like Juan. It was uh, very entertaining to see him light up. Uh, in the finale, we get the wedding vow renewal, the curse, which I'm like, damn it, Karen and Ray, I don't want you guys to be stuck with the Bravo curse of this. But the vow renewal, there are so many little things from that. One of them, especially him lighting up. I also feel like Michael, his time on camera this season has been fairly limited, minus his cringeworthy moments with Ashley. And so he's like making up for lost time by like, talking shit on Chris. Yeah. It seemed like when they got together with Juan and Robin is like, he's like, okay, now's my camera time. Now that Juan's here, I'm going to say all this stuff that I have to say about Chris. Yeah. It felt very calculated and like he'd been practicing it. And even when he like saw Chris, it was very like, I actually give Chris a lot of credit because I was like, The interaction, the way he approached it, it was all just very odd for someone he really hasn't seen for months. Like, I don't know. But I think Michael Darby is a really weird person. Let's talk about this venue, though. The inside of it was beautiful, but not for a wedding. First of all, I would have been annoyed by all those steps, too, to get up to the bar and heels and going up and all those steps. But then when they went up there to renew their vows, nobody could see them and they could like, you could hear them, I guess, cause they were mic'd. but it, to me, it looked like it was the perfect space for like, uh, a charity, like fancy fundraiser where people are just kind of like mingling all over and like talking to one another and kind of more like, you know, circling around like tables and stuff like that. So there might be some people upstairs. There might be people downstairs. There's a silent auction in the corner type of thing. It didn't like, it just didn't scream wedding to me. And I, the outside of the venue, I mean, it looked like it was just like in the middle of a strip mall. It was very one wick. Um, I yes. made a meme about this and got a lot of feedback um, who were in agreement. It was a one wick venue for someone who deserves three wick. I <laughs> just didn't understand it. I think Karen too, she was like, what the fuck did I get myself into when she was going up the steps? Like you saw her take a big breath and she's like, oh boy. And even like poor Jizzy with her boot and then her sneaker on, how to like get up those stairs. I just felt like it was a horrible, horrible venue. I think you can make any venue in the inside beautiful. I don't doubt that, but it just seemed um, very one wick 
for the grand dame who's all about the three wick life. So I, <laughs> I wasn't here for it. I did love that. We got to see Macy gray. Um, oh. Sean was there. I, I also love that. I think Bryce said, this is a new Macy gray song. And now that song came out in like 2010. I don't know what year it was, but it wasn't new. It just was hilarious. Um, before we wrap up, Potomac, Juan and Robin. Yes, I, I was like just going to say, we got to touch on this. We saw so much. We hardly, if you think about, have seen Juan at all this season. We saw him when he mentioned um, Robin's kind of uh, potential day. depression <laughs> um, and his words, lack of motivation. And we saw, we I feel like we've seen him in three episodes total. And then this one, he like blew up and didn't want to film. He didn't want to film at all. I feel like the conversation they had should have been something they had before they got re-engaged and definitely needs to be something they have before they get remarried. Because I think there is, I think Robin wants to talk about how she felt very like alone and abandoned with two little boys. And I think Juan wants to think of the past and the past and I'm guessing for him, he has some guilt associated with it and hasn't forgiven himself and just doesn't want to go there. But before having another kid or, you know, getting married, like I just feel like they need to address this because this was a, a large part of their reason why they split the first time and to just ignore it. Um, and I, I, the other part, I mean, I know he was cheating. You know, there was that too, but I, I'm sure for Robin being left alone with two little boys was really, really hard and she needs that validation and confirmation that that won't happen again before they have another kid. But I also think she needs that before they move forward together. Um, It was really hard to watch that fight because it, I think it showed a sign of Juan and Robin that not that I think they won't end up, you know, married or anything like that, but that maybe things aren't as smoothed over and forgiven and discussed about as we had originally thought. Yeah. I mean, and and then on Juan's defense, when he was, you know, about to drive away, he said, listen, like I've, I paid for that. I know that like, I'm in a different place. Like I'm more hands-on. Like he wants to be, he's, I feel like he's more or less wants to let the past be the past and focus on the now. Whereas Robin wants to discuss the past. And he's like, why do we need to discuss this? We've already discussed it. So a thousand percent, they need to get together, come to um, a page. I have no doubt that Andy or Nicki Minaj will bring this up at the reunion. So hopefully we'll have um, some sort of resolvement because I do like them as a couple. And I do feel like their journey in their relationship feels very real and authentic in the sense that it all isn't butterflies and rainbows like there's tough times too and how they navigate those tough times well kind of said it better so that is a wrap on this week um and in true real moms of bravo fashion we need to do our shout out so who is your shout out for this week my shout out goes to mia miss mia from potomac for coming out with a candle but this candle doesn't have one wick or three wick it's a nine wick candle. Didn't know that we needed that. So I just found it comical that when, or me, excuse Don't forget me, the price getting, though. Oh yeah. No, I'm going to mention it. Is getting okay. into the candle game with her $1,500 candle. So I um, just love that the number of wicks and the price point continues to be a topic. And it just brings me so much joy because it's, this is a petty crap I live for. And I mean, I lo- we love candles. I will say too, though, like I do, I do think a three wick candle is very 
nice and usually a sign of like a bigger, higher quality candle. But to me, like the, my favorite candle is going to, it doesn't necessarily have to be the volcano scent, but you can't beat the Capri blue candles. Like I just love them. And I will argue their biggest one, which will fill up an entire room and they last for a very long time is one wick. So I don't know if wick is really indicative of quality, but I do love that she's She's going to go extra, extra um, on her candle. I just love me. that this is a conversation we're having in 2021. So these are important um, matters, candle, Vanessa. I yes, mean, these no, are the things. Very much is. Yeah. Very much is. Okay. Your shout out. My shout out goes to Lindsay Hubbard. We love you, Lindsay. We have been team hub house for a very, very long time. I am even more so team hubs after watching the watch what happens live from last week and just seeing kind of what she's going through in the house Uh, And I'm rooting for her finding some love with Jason. I'm looking forward to her having some fun, having a hookup. And we will also talk about her Halloween costume partner on our Patreon to see if maybe there's some sparks happening with an old flame. Um, So to listen to that, again, go to patreon.com slash Real Moms of Bravo. You can support us for $3 a month, which is less than a Starbucks coffee, um, especially right now with the holiday cups out. Save yourself... uh, some money by joining our Patreon instead of getting um, a fancy latte. But if you want to support us a free way and the most appreciative way, we appreciate all the ways, but we truly appreciate um, when you subscribe, give us a five-star rating. And if you have time, leave us a review. We love seeing them. We see them all. We share them. It truly does mean so much to us. And it helps us as we start trying to get people, the Bravo Lebs that you guys want to hear about, the parenting experts that we've been trying to bring in. So um, we appreciate it so much. Thank you guys for following us on, on Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo. Thank you for supporting us, and we will catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.